Welcome to the Post-Narc Life Podcast. It's time to leave behind the narcissist narrative and build an amazing life that you love. You got through, but you're not done. We're going to build your next level of wealth, create healthy relationships, find deep self-connection to expand your unique impact on this world, and leave behind a legacy of love. I'm your host, Laura, by the way. I've been there. I get it. And I've got you. Let's go build your post-narc life. Hello, hello. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. It's a beautiful Tuesday. At least I believe it's Tuesday. (laughs) We're here in the middle of September 2022, and I am so excited to bring you this episode. This is part two of an episode that I did with this particular client, Mr. Brian Brooks. He and I worked together for a little while. I think it was about a year and a half of our time together, but it was broken up with various life events in each of our lives. And so I think accumulatively, I think we worked together for about a year. And what's really cool about this episode is that it is a sequel. It is a part two that you're going to hear that if you've listened to the previous episode that was on my other podcast, the Get Yourself Back podcast, that was the episode called Meaningless to Gangbusters. And when we had recorded that episode, he was about halfway through. We hadn't gotten all the results that he was looking for yet. And now that some time has passed and we've done all of our work together, he has all of the results that he wants. In fact, he's achieved more than he ever thought possible when he first started working with me. When he first started working with me, he was just in a ton of pain. And through our work together, not only did we help manage all of that emotional pain and even some of the physical pain that was coming through for him for various circumstances in his life, we helped open things up for him for all the things that were truly possible for him. And he's really been able to come into his own and create the things that he wants in his life. Particularly, he tripled his business. He found the love of his life and has an amazing, healthy relationship with her. He bought a house in a place that he actually wants to live and he loves his home. He never thought he would be able to do that, that he would even want to do that, but he's a proud homeowner. He's managing and co-parenting with his narcissist ex, and he is a great father to his beautiful son. And so things have really turned a complete 180 for him. If you knew him before he started working together with me, (laughs) it's a complete 180. And I'm just so proud of him and all of the work that he's done. And I want you to hear this episode to see what is truly possible. So much is possible when you show up to do the work. And he really showed up, y'all. He came to every session. He was willing to go to the difficult places. He was willing to do the work, to change his mind, to change his thoughts. And when it was difficult, he came to me and asked for support. And we worked through it each and every time. And we're going to talk obviously more about this as I interview him. But the best part about all of this is his healthy relationship and how he really went from a place of not believing it was even possible to find a healthy person for him. And not only did he find her, she was literally right in front of him the entire time. And I just, I think that's so amazing that when we change our brains, when we do the work to shift the filters from narc filter to healthy person filter, magical things happen. And we are not magical unicorns. 
right? Like Brian is a normal guy. (laughs) I'm a normal person too. These things are possible for people who are willing to show up and do the work. I truly, truly believe that. So if there's something that you want in your life, if there's something that you feel like is impossible for you, I want you to open your mind to the possibility that it is available. It really, really is if you do the work. All right. Well, without further ado, here's my client, Brian. All right, everyone. I could not be more excited to introduce to you this amazing guest. We're going to talk about some incredible things. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Brian Brooks. So excited you're here. Thank you for joining us. And tell us a little bit about who you are to introduce yourself. Hey, Laura. It's always great to talk to you. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, It's it's an honor to be asked back. I am a single dad. I have one son. Uh, He is uh, around the age of 10-ish. He is... uh, he was my why in the darkest times of why I decided to pull out. We have a fantastic relationship. I'm a small business owner. Uh, we work in the IT field. We build and manage and support uh, technology for different companies. And uh, that's been a lifelong passion of mine and then has been persistent throughout my entire career. Let's see. I'm now dating somebody. It's very serious and it's really great. And uh, that's in large part thanks to the work I have done with you. Um, uh, anything else I should touch on? No, that's really, really good. In fact, you mentioned that this is your second time doing a podcast episode with me. And so for post-NARC life, this is your first time, but I've done mm-hmm. a previous podcast. It was called Get Yourself Back. And this episode was one of the most popular episodes. We talked about working together. We talked about what your life was like before. I think it was called was it Broken to Gangbusters or something like that. It was just like, it was such an amazing story. Yeah. So could you, for those of us who haven't heard the episode... I'll link it in the show notes if you want to listen to it, of course. But for those who haven't heard the episode, if you could give us kind of a nutshell version of what life was like before we started working together, maybe a little bit about your narcissist relationship and how you got out of it and um, how how your life was up until uh, we created that podcast. And then we'll launch into how your life has been since. So the part two. So give us the rundown of part one. Perfect. And if, if you haven't listened to it, there's a lot more detail in that episode. I recommend doing it. And there's other episodes in that series of podcasts are excellent. I suggest y'all, if, if you're not quite here yet, go listen to those as well. But um, phenomenal content. So kind of where I was, I was in a um, 14-year-long marriage with a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I was really brought up to be geared toward that and thinking all that behavior that abuse, everything was completely normal. And it was things you should, the meta messages I got as the man, you put up with everything. You shut up, you provide, you, you know, it doesn't matter. You put your feelings down, you know, um, you know, eventually it'll get better. And if not, you know, you're still in, you're doing the honorable thing by sticking in. Right. I got a lot of messages that you need to stay where you are leaving is wrong. You're not supporting the person you pledge your life to. Yada, yada. And those things kept me in, in the abusive cycle for a very long time. I was like, Oh, what I was told, this is it's working, right? This is how it's be. But I felt awful. Yes. I felt awful. And as time increased um, in the marriage from beginning to his eventual end, you know, it got worse and worse and worse. And I was just, at some point I was just like, I, this feels gross. It's like being sick all the time. 
uh, we started seeing marriage, marriage counselors and trying to get that uh, side fixed. And we thought that would plug the hole in the ship that was thinking. And we probably went through between like church counselors and psychiatrists and, you know, license, uh, licensed therapists and everything, about eight different practitioners. Wow. And, you know, if, if, you, if you're used to narcissists, they really love it when their partner that they abuse uh, is told by other people why they're wrong and things they can do to improve. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. They love that stuff because the fingers not being pointed at them. Well, if you have a good therapist, it's going to be like, okay, Brian, here's the homework you have to do. Here's some things to increase your communication skills, yada, yada, yada. But as soon as the spotlight moved you know, mm-hmm. to her, it became, well, this therapist sucks. They're out to get me, yada, yada. And they, you know, yes. they're, you know, they, I don't think they could be friends with me. And, you know, like, I, I think they're out to get me. It's just this weird, like, don't pay attention to me. Uh, I'm not the problem. You're a hundred percent of it. And that's right. never true. No. You know, you know, and th- just full disclosure, there were things I could do better. And I learned a lot about communication and how to balance relationships out and all that kind of stuff. And to do active listening, all these tools I actually got a benefit out of that part of it. Uh, my marriage never improved. It, it just right. progressively getting worse. Um, and then uh, at some point, I just didn't know why it kept breaking. And I was just so desperate to hold on to it. And so what I did was, I'm sorry, one of the therapists, you know, was like, look, they, after the session, texted me the DSM criteria for narcissism. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was reading a book about my partner, <laughs> my, my <laughs> wife at the time. Yep. And I was like, oh, wow, this makes a lot of sense. And they gave me some books to read, Walking on Eggshells, I Love You, Don't Leave, I, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. I Those think are good books. Book. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So I read though. Yeah. It gave me a lot of good perspective on the whole situation. So I was like, okay, this is not a unique event with me and her. This is something other people have gone through. And I tried to take that information and couple that with the tools I got from therapy and try to make things better. Uh, I was in a group therapy at the time, so I had other people to talk to on a weekly basis, and that was very beneficial. When I entered the group, when I was telling people, I'm just desperate to save my marriage and make things better, you know, and we talked things out, and I was in there for about 18 months, and toward the end of that 18 months, and talking through things and trying as hard as I possibly could, and at the end of the therapy route as a couple, I was like, this is never going to be better. Right. Because she won't change who she is. Exactly. I've changed myself. She's not going to. Because inherent to the disorder, they don't think there's something to change. Exactly. So divorce got filed. I moved out. Uh, I was still in a really rough place. I was not loving life. Um, I found a, a networking group for business. I was trying to grow my business and everything like that at the time. And I joined that group. Um, and that was going well. I, I, and one of the fallouts of being around a narcissist relationship is losing the friends because either they can't stand the partner or the partner pushes them away right. because they don't want other people in your life. Right? And then it happened. I lost all my friends, oh, um, save a couple who were just very loyal. So um, after I joined that networking group and she was no longer in my sphere, my ex-wife or soon to be ex-wife, I started making friends again and started getting connections again outside of that. 
And that started building me back up a little bit. And I thought, well, you know, I was a little bit arrogant. Uh, and I was like, I've had years of therapy and, you know, all this stuff. I have a group that I, you know, like, I am fixed. I can find the right person <laughs> now, right? I, I don't, I don't need any more help. And, uh, shortly after moving out, started dating somebody. I'm like, familiar vibes that started creeping mm-hmm. back in. And I was just mm-hmm. like, this, you know, this, the excitement and the thrill and, you know, the whole thing. And I was like, oh, this is how things go. Great. You know, and I'm like, and then it started becoming like my marriage a little bit. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's not working out. And that thing fizzled real fast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, hmm, maybe I'm not ready. You know, maybe I haven't done all the work I needed to do. And at one of the network meetings, you showed up. And mm-hmm. you stood up. And you were like, hey, I'm Laura. I have this business and I help people. Well, you specifically said, I help, I'm looking to meet women recovering from narcissistic relationships. I'm like, yeah. I had no idea this was a thing because most people run from it. Right. You know, most <laughs> therapists, counselors, coaches run from it. I was like, okay, I'm not a woman, but I was like, I'm going to go talk to you and see if you would just engage me in what, how you felt about that. If you didn't, I'd be fine. But I was just like, I've never found anyone like you. I need to talk to you because I need this very specific help. Yes. So, you know, I came up to you. I'm like, look, I explained everything. And you're like, yeah, sure. I'll help you out. I'm like, so. <laughs> So um, we started talking, and I don't know how you're currently structuring anything, but it was a six month, once a week for an hour Zoom call. I was like, cool, yep. I could do that. And this was um, at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So it was a lockdown, and business was going crazy. I was in a really dark, nihilistic place, right? Yeah. I just was like, I just, nothing matters. And, you know, but the only thing that held me on to wanting to stick around was, my son. Yeah. Because I lost my father when I was young. Mm-hmm. And I know the hole that put in my life. Yeah. And out of all the things and all the depression and sadness and hopelessness that I was experiencing at the time and COVID didn't help, he was the thing I was just like, I have a duty to this child who's innocent. I love him. You know, I want him to have a better experience with a dad than I did. I want him to have a better life than I did. And honestly, the main thought in the back of my mind when I talked to you was, I didn't know if you could help me, but I wanted the tools to give him that I was never given so he wouldn't repeat the same cycle I did. Yeah. That's one gift I could give him that would transform his life for the better. Um, and we started talking about it and more and more, it started working on me. You know, you you started to, like, we would talk about Beliefs that I had or a thought mm-hmm. process that I had. Mm-hmm. And you would kind of cut them open, tear them apart, <laughs> look at it for really dark, ugly stuff. But really, when I would tell therapists, they would just kind of stare at me blankly, like, I don't, what? You right. say, oh, yeah, whatever. I got this. I, I, I know what this looks like. I've been here before and um, I know how to help you out. Right. Okay. All right. And it slowly over time started changing. My attitude started changing. The tools you were giving me started working. And no nonsense style that you have. You know, I'll be like, well, I believe this. And you're like, well, have you tried believing this instead? And I'll be like, well, <laughs> that's fine. No. No. No, 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 no. This is true. This is true. And you're like, but no, consider it. It's not really. I'm like, oh, okay. And the more I started trusting the advice I got from you on the small thing, 
I'm like, okay, Lord, change my mind on the small thing. Well, let's trust her with bigger stuff, right? And, um, you know, so we progressed. And at the end of our six months, I didn't feel I was in the place to stop yet. Yeah. You know, I, I felt internally, it was like I, I got from here to here, um, but I, I really want to get over here. Yes. You know, I, I was out of the darkness. I'm like, okay, I had hope, but I was still, I still needed to do some more work with somebody, with you, to be honest. So we did another round of six months. That was a little different looking than the first. There were some pauses for you, some pauses for me. And uh, it actually worked out amazingly the way yeah. it happened. You know, I just, it was all unplanned, but worked out amazingly, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I started doing, you very much encouraged me to do. Well, well one thing you encouraged me to do is date a lot. Yes. Just date, 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 date. Like, Brian, your goal this year, why not do 100 dates this year? You know? Yeah, 100 like, dates. I was just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, well. We're also in the middle of a global pandemic. It's not like I could go to social events and stuff mm-hmm. like that and just have the serendipity of meeting somebody. Mm-hmm. So, and I have some some personal rules still during this time that, that like don't look, don't try to find partners where you make money because the way I grew up, money was a scarce thing at times and survival, and I didn't want that to interfere with survival. Maybe. Right. So I had that rule. So what I did then was, because that was my main point of contact with candidate was business. Was yeah. it. You know, yep. Back and go home. We're essential workers. So I, I got to get out of the house. So I signed up for this dating service. Local here in town. You pay them a truckload of money. It's like, because I tried the apps and that was completely unsuccessful. Yeah, the apps were jungle. The dating service is like, yeah, it's awful, awful. <laughs> So anyway, we go through, uh, I go through this thing, they interview me, and they, they're like, okay, we'll give you at least one date a month. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can handle that. That's good. Yeah. That's about 112. And well, they started sending me on like three or four a month. Yes. You know, and it was exhausting. And, you know, full disclosure, you know I me, mean? not everybody's for everybody. And a lot of them were just, well, I had an interesting meal with somebody, but the thing I'm looking for is obviously not here. We're not a good match. Uh, yeah, it was so fun. much fun to analyze all the dates every week. We you would come back and we would just like, okay, what happened? What did she say? What did you say? How were you feeling? Where was your mindset at about yourself? Like we we analyzed each and every one, and that was a blast. I at least for me, I had such a fun time. I wanted to hear all the details. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. Laura gets a, a, a tremendous pleasure out of doing that. And and what <laughs> And, and, you know, that's not a bad thing to have somebody excited about your journey through that. Yeah. Instead of just some kind of deadpan, any other way to approach it. It's just like, you know, tell me everything. You know, it's like, okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and the more I told you, the better feedback I got, right? Exactly. So, like, holding back was always holding me back. Um, yeah. So, we would do and- that next. Yeah. Tell me, tell me kind of like, cause when we first started the process, all right, I'm going to get myself out there. I'm going to start dating again. What were your initial like hangups, hesitations, your, your mindset about getting out there that, that made it hard? I was worried that I would slip back into where I had been before. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest concern that because you and I, you gave me tools. You helped me deconstruct thoughts and 
patterns that I've been in. And so I can recognize them. I was like, okay, but I'm really putting this into practice now. Yep. You know, and what if I just, you know, what if I fall back into it? Um, but the kind of safeguard from that is our deconstruction of the date. You're my deconstruction of the date afterward. Because after the first couple we did, I was like, okay, I can let go of that fear because Laura's here to help me shine a light on things I might miss. Like she already knows where I want to be and she will help me with that. That that got fear got away pretty quickly. And I had some awful days. I mean yes. it was terrible. <laughs> we had so many. Um, awful so many days. um <laughs> great. Yeah, you know, that was probably the biggest fear and just um, you know, typical fear of rejection and you know, all that yep. kind of stuff. But um I'll tell you what, after about thirty five days. Yeah, all that kind of goes away. You get really yeah. kind of like, and I got to where I can tell within about five minutes if this was going to go more than the hour or so that we were there. Yes. Um, I was just going, yeah, no, not feeling it. Okay, let's, let's move on. So I, a lot of those, like, I'm worried about being rejected or them thinking I'm weird. And it's like, oh, you know, I mean, okay, bye. You know, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Next. Uh, <laughs> so, so good. Um, and we had sat um, down and we, we designed the vision for the type of person that you wanted to be with, right? That was an exercise that we did from the get-go. It was like, okay, we're looking at who is it that you want? Who is it? What, what kind of person is this? Like, Really, if you could have anybody in the world, what would this person be like? What was their personality? What would, what would they think? What, would they, what, what, what qualities do they have that you love about this person? And and not from a place of this person gets to meet all of my needs, but from a place of this person and I are are evenly matched and we support each other, you know, because because you came to the table being like, I remember you came to the table being like, listen, I want to be there for someone. I want to love and support someone. I want to be the rock for them. I I want to be someone that they can rely on, someone that they can trust, someone that, you know, provides all kinds of wonderful support and love and growth for them. I'm I'm coming to the table with that and I want that for me. And and I remember it was like, but does that even exist? Like does that person exist in the world? You know? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And you're like, no, that's not true. <laughs> I remember you're like, no, how can that possibly this person exist? And I'm telling you, I promise you it exists. And so yeah, we had the vision. We set out that um and we we relied on that vision. We were anchored in that vision every time we evaluated the date experience. Because there were some that were like, oh, this could work, but she did not line up with um, what you had in mind fully. You know, I mean, not that we go for absolute perfection, but just like there were a lot of red flags. And even though she lined up here, she didn't line up there and there were the flags and it was just like, yep, move on, let's go. And you said 35, I never actually counted the dates. It was really 35. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. That's amazing. Yeah, it was a 30. lot. I mean, it's not a hundred, but it's you were willing mm-hmm. to do a hundred dates to get to the right one, and <laughs> it only took thirty-five. So tell us how you met your current amazing partner, your girlfriend. <laughs> um, this is another blind and believe or uh, fully accepts what Laura said type situation. Um, <laughs> So back to my networking group where I met you, and you're like, why don't you look in your professional sphere, Brian? I'm like, no, 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 I don't do that. Well, I met her in my business networking group in my professional sphere. And, my, um, my, my. Isn't that of, interesting? You didn't have to look I, far. 
Yeah, but Laura's right again. <laughs> you know, and like I said earlier, I'm a small business owner, which, as you know, has unique challenges. Yeah. And that um, people who aren't or haven't been don't really understand or connect with. And um, so anyway, so we have these things in our uh, networking group called one-to-one. We meet up for an hour. The whole idea is to learn more about their business and figure out a way to send them a referral that's good for them and vice versa. So um, I saw her. We're all on Zoom calls. So I saw her on one. And um, one, I was like, wow, she's kind of hot. But um, at the same time, I was just like, all right, let's have a one-to-one. I was just like, yeah, yeah you know, let's do that. And, we, and um, it was like January of last year, I think, or the year before. I can't remember. Time is flat circle. Yep. But um, no, it was last year. We had a one initial one-to-one. It was good. It was just business and whatnot. And then um, I scheduled another one because I was a little interested in her a little bit. You know? mm-hmm. um, and during the initial call, and this is all remote. I was like, hey, how are you doing today? She's like, to be honest, not great. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, um, you want to talk about that? And she's like, yes. I was like, okay. And she was seeing somebody at the time. It wasn't going well. She gave me the details about that. And we spent that hour instead of talking about business, not that. And it was one of those times I was like, There's this, this person needs to talk. You know, let's let her be heard. She needs that. You know, and during the call, I was just like, she needs to get rid of this guy. I mean, she is pretty cool and he does not. But I didn't want to be the guy who said, that, you know, right. <laughs> so yeah. we ended that. And so I was like, okay, what do I do with this? Um, and I just like, well, I'm going to take elements from, you know, what I know about her and just like, you know, maybe email her or text her or something. And just to kind of keep that company like a dating drip campaign from you know, a marketing <laughs> term right there. Yes. Keep myself top of mind, right? And then, you know, she responded a couple of times and then it stopped. And I was like, hmm, okay. I, and I would see her in another meeting. I would send her a direct message like, hey, how's your day? You know, and no response. I'm like, all right, I'm getting a signal here that she doesn't want to interact. And I'm like, that's fine. Could have been something, but she fixed things with her partner or right. whatever. I, she, yeah. she has decided to cut this off. Like, cool. So I'll move on to the next thing. Well, uh, she apparently uh, had felt like she had said way too much to me in that second interview or one-to-one and had, uh, she was a little embarrassed that she had mm. revealed so much and was like, oh, I don't want to, he must think I'm terrible. And when we first started talking, I was like, no, I, I really want to keep talking to you. So um, no, there was no harm done. It's okay. But I understand how you felt that way. But fast forward, um, we had an opportunity to uh, work professionally beginning of this year mm-hmm. and that worked out and um we started talking a little bit more and then i found i started to find myself re- trying to find reasons to call her and we would talk more than the five minutes that that call would have needed mm-hmm. and you know and she would do the same and um it just started and at one point i was like i texted her i was like we need to talk about how much we talk <laughs> you know i and love this i just like, love oh my how God open and honest you are in this whole process you're you're showing up to the whole thing not from a mindset of playing a game not from a mindset of trying to manipulate the outcome you're really open to what was honestly happening oh i guess she must not be interested that's fine i can move forward or you know responding to what she was coming to the table with i think that's so beautiful because you weren't coming at it from a place of i have to make this work 
you were coming out from place of, yeah, whatever develops, develops. Like you weren't attached to any particular mm-hmm. outcome. And it created mm-hmm. so much freedom and openness and like that agency to be able to say, yeah, this is what I want, or this isn't what I want. That's okay. I love it. So good. Continue. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and it's the work I did with you that showed me how to do that 20 years ago. I didn't have those tools. And now right. I do now. Uh, yeah. now I do. So yeah. Anyway, we just started talking and more and more and be like, okay, this is kind of like a, you know, I was like, Hey, I, I want to take you out on a date. And mm-hmm. she was just like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe I want to do on a weekend when my son was with his mom. You know, I had a free weekend to have to deal with childcare or anything. And that was like two weeks away at that moment in time or this coming weekend, but it was like the Wednesday before it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, look, you know, I, you know, I was like, we started talking about two weeks from later, uh, from then. And we, she's like, we kind of settled on that. And I just kind of put it out there. I was like, or this weekend, but I can understand if that's way too fast. And she's mm-hmm. like, hmm, probably, but let me think. Like, okay. Yeah. So um, thought about it. She thought about it. And like the next day, she texted me like, let's go out. Nice. Like, so I planned it out, did it. And uh, she was afraid I just would ditch her and wouldn't show up. But, you know, <laughs> got there. We had a wonderful first date. Like the conversation was good. She was incredibly intelligent, fun to talk to. And I just kept going down, like the, when we were talking on the phone, when we started going out on dates, I started to check off that list you and I made. And I was like, yes. okay, well, you know, she is meeting every quality. And then even more things I never thought about. I was like, wow, that's really cool too. Whoa. Yeah. It's yeah. almost so like just, an amazing option was available and existed <laughs> beyond yeah. your your expectations. Like, how amazing mm-hmm. is that? She not only checked all the boxes for you, she was above and beyond what you expected for yourself. Like, just yeah. taking you from, gotta make this work. You know, I'm in a lot of pain. This person never is gonna look at herself and I have to change and it's all my fault and nobody's acknowledging mm-hmm. to all the way over here of like, she is above and beyond and I'm showing up as my best self and we work together. And she's more than I ever expected or even dreamed that it could be like, that is just the coolest thing ever. (laughs) You did it. It really is. It really is. And it's just like, and I want to be careful with how I say this because I don't want to be misheard. Is narcissistic relationships are constant 24 seven work, like painful, non-productive work. Yes. And you're exhausted. In comparison to that, this is this easy, free-flowing, wonderful, cooperative, drama-free relationship. Mm. And um, in comparison, it feels like I'm not doing anything. Even right. though I am, I'm still showing up. I'm doing, I'm, I'm being the person, being the partner to her that I, what I want to be. Yeah. And, and that does take work, but in comparison to what the other felt like it, it just feels, sometimes I was like, am I doing enough for you? I mean, do you feel like I'm showing up? I'm like, like, cause to me, this is so effortless, you know? Yes. Um, 
that is it. Like, yeah. I just want to pause there for a second because a true healthy relationship doesn't mean there's no work involved, but it, it, it really compared to what you've been through, it feels effortless. It's so mm-hmm. calm and easy and it flows, right? You don't have to force anything. It just naturally goes on its own and you just show up and do what you normally do. And they show up and do what they normally do. And it's just this beautiful beautiful experience. And I, I remember telling Brian about that a while ago, like, this is what I have with my husband. This is how I've created this. And he's just like, I just don't think that's real. <laughs> There's no way that could possibly be real. And it, it really mm-hmm. is. And you created it. Like you did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the best relationship I've had in my entire life. Yes. Hands down. Hands down. I mean, just and both of us at the beginning were just kind of like, when's the other shoe going to drop? When's the other shoe? Because she's <laughs> right? had similar experiences, right? And mm-hmm. there's kind of, the shoe's not dropping. So there's no shoes. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we're, I, I don't want to speak for her, but, um, you know, I, I'm so incredibly overwhelmingly happy. I still pinch myself because like, this is really happening, um, yeah. you know, and, we both have kids and our kids have met and they like each other and just, mm-hmm. just heading on all cylinders over here. Yes. <laughs> well, I cannot be more happy for you. This is just such a testament to the power of the work that you did. You know, obviously we work together. I showed you the tools. I helped break it down for you every week and, and we worked together on everything that came up and got in the way. Yes, that work was important, but between sessions, you did the work. You went out and you went on dates, went on terrible dates. <laughs> like you changed your mindset. You're like, okay, I guess I can think something different. What would that be like if I thought differently about this thing? Like you showed up fully to this experience and that made all the difference. And now you get to enjoy this amazing gift that you gave yourself. You did that. You showed up for that. You believed in that possibility when you had no evidence that it would, yeah. it could be real, but you kept going. And that's what it takes. Like this, I want, like everyone's listening. The thing that you were trying to create, the big result, the big different thing that you never had before, but you really, really want, not only is it possible, what you want could exceed your expectations. If you show up to do the work, it is available. It is happening. And um, obviously I'm here for you if you need my help, but just like, I really want to drive home that, the belief in this vision that you have is so important because it keeps you showing up every day for that vision. And lo and behold, she appeared. Lo and behold, there she was. You didn't have to go to some different country. You didn't even have to go outside the city of Houston. In fact, you didn't have to go outside your own network of friends. Like that is the cool, like that's amazing. I was thinking, okay, she might like be in Woodlands. She might have to be in Sugarland. We don't know, but... No, she yeah. was literally right in front of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and a little side benefit to like that being in the networking group, and this won't be everyone's experience, but everyone knew knows me in that group. Everyone knows her. And then when we came together, we had people who were like, this is amazing. Y'all are awesome for each other. And just like this outpouring of encouragement and yeah. happiness. Know, support and stuff that you don't get in a narcissist relationship. You don't get that at all. You don't get that. Yeah. People you get more tend of that. to you okay? <laughs> keep their mouth shut about that. They're like, oh, good yeah. luck. Yeah. 
maybe mm-hmm. your closest friends are like, you sure, you know, um, <laughs> but you know, that added community around it has just been wonderful and an experience that I've never had before. So awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. All right. So what advice, so we're going to wrap up here, but what advice would you give someone in your position who has come out of a narcissist relationship and they really want this kind of relationship that you have, but yeah. you know, they're, they're not there yet. What would you tell them? Don't limit your search to traditional avenues. Mm-hmm. You know, they may work. I don't know, but they didn't work for me. And looking outside traditional avenues really did work. You can find your person anywhere. Yes. Anywhere. Don't limit yourself. Narcissists tend to make us want to limit ourselves to stop doing that, right? Because limiting yourself to safety. Yeah. And it's holding you back once you're out of that cycle. Know that it may take a while. Know that it may be boring and tough sometimes, but keep telling yourself what your goals are, what you are trying to achieve. And um, try to change how you talk to yourself about that journey and say positive things to yourself instead of, oh, God, that language is just self-defeating for you. Exactly. These are all things Laura taught me, by the way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, just, just keep going. It's worth the journey and you'll be very surprised. Yes. Beautiful. You nailed it. I could not have said that better. And this is coming from someone who... He's in it. He's just done this. He's just created this result. So it's so fresh and he's experiencing it. I just think this is amazing. Um, amazing what you're telling everybody. And I really hope that everyone listening who wants this particular result goes after it. Go find your ideal yeah. person. They're, they're there. Yeah, they're there. They're awesome. looking for you too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. That When I met her the other night, I had the privilege of meeting this amazing person the other night, she actually had her own list as well. And he fit the list. I just thought that was really cool. Not only did he find her, she was looking for him. And I love that you said that. Absolutely. Your person is actively looking for you right now. Oh, this is so amazing. Brian, I can't thank you enough for coming on again. I really hope your story inspires so many people. And yeah, thank you. You're amazing. Any other last words or you... No, I'm good. Laura, thank you for allowing me to share my story. Uh, if it can help somebody, that all the better. And thank you for the effort you put into my life and helping me change it. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was absolutely a pleasure of mine. Such an honor to work with you. And it's such a, like a, such a privilege. I feel like I've won the lottery looking at the results you created in your life. Like I can't believe... I mean, of course I can believe it because it's right in front of you, but it's like, it's just the, um, this is why I do what I do. And it's the most fulfilling thing for me. So I'm, I feel so privileged that I get to witness this incredible transformation. So thank you for allowing me to do that. Yeah. Are you ready to take your postdoc life from dream to reality? I work with people just like you who've had to survive a lot of narcissist abuse and want to build things they never thought possible. If you want my help, I offer one-on-one coaching where we deep dive into your specific situation and clear out all the narcissist conditioning in your way so that you can start living the life you want. Feeling peace and setting boundaries? That is just the beginning. Go to laurabytheway.com to apply for your one-on-one coaching spot. See you there.